Hello, friends. Hello, 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 friends. A tradition unlike any other. Oh, 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 oh my goodness. In your life have you seen anything like that? There it is. Adam Scott, a life changer. Mashed potato. Here it, here it, here it, here it comes. This is the 19th Tea Podcast. Kieran Marsh, Nathan Drudy, back with you for another week, joined by a very special guest. It is her second appearance on the podcast, Drudy, but her first since her maiden win as a professional. I speak, of course, to Cassie Porter. Cassie, it's a pleasure to have you back. Thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having us. Having me, rather. Literally, well, yeah, us, me, you know, you take a pick. Same thing, right? Just having a laugh before we hit record, uh, trying to figure out the exact date of when it was we last spoke. Uh, and I think the 22nd of March 2022 surprised us all, Cassie, to be fair. Yeah, a lot totally. of water under the bridge since then. Yeah, no, it feels like a lifetime ago, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> so much has happened, so much to talk about. So, yeah. Look, I think the obvious place to start um is the win, uh, the Melbourne yeah. International at Latrobe. Uh, lots to talk through specifically about the tournament, but I think probably where I'd like to start is with the benefit of a little bit of time since then. How do you reflect on it? Is it as sweet as what it was in the moment or a little bit more circumspect in the sense that great achievement, but, you know, the first stepping stone? Yeah, um, obviously it it doesn't sink in for a while. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great stepping stone. I had a goal this year. Um, I wanted to win my first event, um, and get my LPGA card. So I'm half done. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm really happy. It was the first event of the year, so it's a good way to kick it off. Um, but yeah, definitely some really good memories at Latrobe. Well, you had the unique circumstance in the playoff um, playing against your, your best friend. And and we had something similar. We actually flagged it uh, that week when we were speaking about it. We saw something similar in the Queensland PGA Championship for the men's at Nudgee when Aaron Wilkin and Justin Warren were up against each other there in the playoff. And, and we spoke to Wazza afterwards and he said it was quite a surreal experience in the sense of, you know, quite jovial and quite compassionate, I suppose, in between shots. But your ability to switch on and off, I wonder if that was your experience with Kelsey it must have been nice in a way that you had someone so familiar there, but also a little bit difficult in the sense that knowing it was going to be binary for one of you. Yeah, totally. Um, so it was pretty funny the last day going into the last day, um, Kelsey, myself and Karis were all staying together in the same billet house and we ended up, you know, placing one, two and three. So, and we played together on the last day. So it was pretty funny. Um, it was really relaxed the whole day. I think everybody was a little bit on edge because as much as we're all best friends and we love spending time with each other, obviously you want to win. Right. So there's that whole aspect of um, the competition, but I wouldn't for my first professional playoff and professional win, I wouldn't have wanted to be in a playoff with anybody else. Um, having a playoff with your best mate is so tough in the sense that you want them to win as much as you want to win. So, and someone has to, come out on top at the end. So I think there was a few tears when, you know, the last ball dropped and I think it was for both, for both of us, you know, cause we both, I guess we both felt like we won cause either way we were sharing the win. So um, yeah, it was, it was really nice and I couldn't have asked for anything different. What was that day kind of like? Because it was certainly back and forth in terms of the momentum swings. I mean, you were 
sort of in control and then Kelsey was in control and then it kind of obviously all came to a head um, heading into the playoff, which lasted, as Marshy mentioned, four holes and there was some fantastic highlights, some monster putts made. I mean, it, it, when you come away from it, are you just drained from such an enormous day, even though you've, you're on this high of winning, I guess? Yeah, totally. It, it was so draining. I honestly think I was I was ready for bed at like 5.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the day started, Kels had three birdies out of the blocks um, and was quite a few ahead at that stage. And I think both Karen, Karis and I subconsciously, subconsciously were like, okay, we're playing for second now. Um, but yeah, I think we all just had fun. And, um, you know, having a chat around the course, it just felt like a usual Sunday going out and playing nine holes with your mates for a Mars bar, you know, so, <laughs> um, it wasn't quite a Mars bar on the line this time. So, um, but yeah, no, we all had a great day. Um, it was good fun. So yeah, it was, it was definitely, I, we were doing live scoring, um, on like golf genius. I don't know whether mm. you guys are across that. Um, mm-hmm. but so, and on that, you can see the leaderboard. Personally, I didn't go on and look at the leaderboard because I obviously just wanted to do my own thing. Um, sometimes that can be a good thing. Sometimes that can be not. Um, but yeah, so I had no idea the situation. And Kirsty Rice, she works for GA Media. She was caddying for me um, that week. And with about three holes to go, I said, okay, tell me where I am. Like, am I, am I close? And she said, yeah, you're close. And I was like, how many back am I? And she's like, I'm not going to tell you. I was like, come on, man. Like, I know what I, I need to know what I need to do. And she's like, no, I'm not going to tell you to the last hole. And I was like, wow, that's so much suspense right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I made a birdie on the 16th um, and made two pars coming in. Um, and on, on the last day, on the last hole, sorry, um, I said, look, how many back am I? She goes, you want ahead. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go. So I've hit it in the trees, right? And um, <laughs> like, there's, I don't know whether you know Latrobe, the last. Last hole we played, which is usually the, I want to say sixth, um, the last hole we played had water in front um, and to the right of the green, but they cut the pin over the water and I'm in the right trees. Like I, I have no shot, right? So I've hit this wedge like to 40 feet just off the green. Um, on the left, I've got this downhill slider and I'm going, wow, I'm going to I'm gonna really do well to make a par here. Um, anyway, so, and Kelsey's hit it uh, maybe, I reckon, 20 feet past the hole. She's got a downhill slider as well. Um, I've almost hold mine and I've gone, wow, okay, I'm, I'm so happy with a par here. Anyway, so Kelsey's just stepped up, like nerves of steel boxed it. I'm like, okay, here we go. Like <laughs> that was that was really cool. I was honestly, to be fair, I wasn't even disappointed. Like I was so happy for her. Like it was her first pro event. I know what that feels like because it's so fresh for me too. Um, and, you know, being in a playoff in your first pro event, like what more can you ask for? So. Yeah, it was it was a pretty insane day. I mean, I could talk for hours about it, but yeah. What were these celebrations like? I guess obviously you said you were ready for bed at half five, but you know, yeah. did you manage to enjoy it? I guess that night, or or was it uh, pretty subdued? Yeah, we did. We went to a really nice um, Italian place with our billets. Our billets were amazing. Shout out to Rick and Marie. You guys are the best. Um, but yeah, so obviously, Karis, myself, and Kels was staying together, so and we finished one, two, three. I mean, big shout out to Rick and Marie to to take the uh, the trifecta one, two, and three. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. I'm sure you'll be putting your hand up to stay back with them next year. Yeah, totally. Back. Well, they've got bids on their rooms because Kara stayed with them last year and she won last year. So, <laughs> um, yeah, those rooms are pretty expensive next year, I assume. <laughs> it's uh, the great thing about the game, Cassie, is 
you have a moment and it really is probably a small window to enjoy it, but you've got to reset and go again. I wonder how much of a learning curve that was for you to try and level yourself out, switch back on. You know, you've got a tournament the next week. You've you've played really well, you know, at the Players Series. It's not every day you shoot 15 under and finish nine shots off a winner. Um, so like that's you're entitled to feel as <laughs> yeah. though you've played relatively well. But how, how much do you feel you learned out of that experience just to kind of make sure you appreciate it and savor it because you don't want to rush over it, but you do have to reset because it's a long summer and, and ultimately you want to get to the back end with a couple of wins, not just one and a series of, you know, disappointing performances. Yeah, totally. Um, So I'm not going to lie. It wasn't the hardest thing ever purely for the fact that we do it every week. Um, That's not, I'm not talking about winning, you know, winning happens so rarely in this game Um, and you obviously got to, take it when it happens because it's an amazing feeling but um every week I mean speaking on my behalf I'm sure a lot of golfers can relate to this too but we do our job the best we can every week um and you can't always for example you know TPS Rosebud at, at TPS Victoria at Rosebud um you can't compare yourself to the rest of the field like I I felt I played quite well but I still came you know um what did I come? Maybe 16th. So with 15 under. So, um, you know, you can't really compare yourself to the to the whole field. You just have to, you know, try and be better than you were yesterday. So I think that sort of mindset helped me move on quicker. Obviously, it hasn't really sunk in still yet that I the one, but um, you know, I think you just got to keep going. It's just that that um routine of waking up and going again. Um I mean, I've been doing it for a while now, even in the amateur golf, um, you just got to get up and do it again. You know, you can't, you can't stop. So it's, um, yeah, it's mid season. You just got to keep going, but yeah, you definitely do take a few moments to just slow down and be like, okay, that was, that was really cool. <laughs> Somewhat related question. I mean, you've been playing a lot of golf since we last spoke both here and abroad, but I, I wonder uh, how much you've enjoyed a relatively full summer back at home because it's been a couple of years since we've had, the volume of tournaments like we have this summer and it seems as though you know that's been replicated in in the numbers like the players certainly enjoying getting back out playing here in Australia on a, a number of occasions across the summer and whilst as you flagged it's not ultimately where you want to be you want to use this as a platform to launch yourself over to the states but it must be nice to after a couple of years of you know feeling the pinch here and not necessarily playing as much tournament golf as you want to be getting those regular opportunities to to compete. Yeah, totally. Um, I had this conversation with some players on course last week um, and my caddy actually. We have such a unique environment in Australia. Um, I haven't seen it anywhere across the, across the globe other than here. Um, just the, the friendships um, within our golf community are amazing. You know, like everybody gets along. Everybody loves going for dinner with each other after golf. You know, it's um on the range. It's all just, you know, throwing banter around on the putting green. It's the same on the course. It's the same, you know, like playing, obviously we're, we're doing our job, but it's fun. Um, I think, you know, going away at, when the Aussie season finishes, we all kind of spread out across the globe, which is awesome, obviously, but it gets lonely. It gets stressful, um, you know, not having, you don't know everybody out there. So I think coming back to Australia and being super comfortable just sets you up so well for the year and having that really positive mindset. Um, it's easy to have out here because it's so much fun. Um, but we are really lucky. Yeah. So if you, you know, you 
tough year out on tour overseas. It's it's we're so lucky to have the opportunity to come home, play with our mates. You know, it's literally like every day out here feels like a Sunday afternoon. As I said before, playing for a Mars bar. So um, yeah, it's great fun, and I think we're so lucky to have that. So. You had a great result at the Aussie Open as well, finishing just outside the the top ten there. I mean, maybe talk us through through that. Obviously, uh, maybe we'll get into it, but a, a tough November in terms of uh, not getting through the the final stage of the Q Series over there or PGA. But maybe just talk us about the Aussie Open because it was such a a massive event in terms of I guess the golf economy, for lack of a term, here in Australia with the men's and the women's and and the all abilities all happening all at the same time. It was something that was on the calendar that everyone seemed to be looking forward to. So maybe just take us back there. Yeah, of course. Aussie Open's always an amazing week. I mean, the crowds are unbelievable and the support we feel is next level. Like I can't even explain to you the feeling of walking down a fairway and knowing everybody there is just to support you. No one judges if you make a bogey. Everyone's cheering for you if you make a birdie. Like it is it is such a cool environment to be a part of. Um, and being able to bring, you know, your loved ones down and your family and show them, you know, my job's actually so cool. Um, it is it's amazing. So, um, yeah, it was nice to come back. To Australia obviously I had a bit of a tough time at Q school that's always going to be a hard week and I probably didn't handle it as well as I wanted to um but you know you always learn and there's no losses in this game it's just it's always lessons um but yeah no Aussie Open was an amazing week I had my coach on the bag um he's sort of a coach caddy sort of sort of team member so yeah we just had the best week um honestly every day we finished I was like I don't even know what I shot I just had the best day so um yeah no it was really nice and everybody out there was amazing as I said so um yeah I can't wait to do it again next December <laughs> there seems to be sort of two groups over the the Christmas time right there seems to be one group that puts the sticks completely away and just enjoys the time with friends and family and then there's another group that continues grinding and just continues playing golf like nothing nothing's different where do you fall on the spectrum um i'm definitely on the spectrum of putting the sticks in the in the closet for like (laughs) at least a week or so my season started quite early obviously i had to leave um to come down to uh latrobe so i couldn't put them away for too long, but uh, yeah, I definitely do value that time with the family and not having, I guess, I mean, I love my job. It is amazing. Um, some time off and see this. So yeah, but I'm going to be back. You know, I love, I love my job, as I said. So um, yeah. And who, who wouldn't be, who wouldn't want to be a part of the Aussies, right? <laughs> you mentioned Cassie, you know, we probably won't get you to go into it in chapter and verse, but you mentioned coming off the disappointment of, of the LPJ qualifying series i wonder what you were feeling or where your head was at at the start of the australian summer and how you reflect on Mm -hmm. i suppose what you've achieved through about mid-february like there's still some important tournaments to go and we've still got plenty left to do but you know you probably were in a tough spot just to in terms of the beginning of the summer and i wonder how you reflect on you know three quarters of the way through what you've been able to achieve in light of that yeah, are we talking about how I was feeling after Q School and before Aussie Open? Yeah, well, just I suppose coming back from that disappointment, resetting okay. yourself and like, you know, you, you would have had some goals for the Australian summer off the back of, you know, where you landed over there in the States and, you know, we're three quarters of the way through now. Are you, are you pretty happy with yourself? Is there still more to come? Like, it's obviously been a, a, a big couple of months for you overall. 
Yeah, of course. Um, so obviously Q School was a very hard week. Um, there's a lot of things on the line um, and it's really hard not to sit there and think, you know, this week could literally change my life. Um, that is not the thoughts I wanted in my head, but <laughs> they were there. Um, so, yeah, no, and, you know, I didn't play. I played all right at Aussie Open. And I was super happy with that result. Um, I didn't play very well at the Cathedral Invitational and I didn't really play great at the Sandbelt Invitational either. So having some time off over Christmas, I had a lot of time to just think about, you know, where my values lie, what sort of golfer I wanted to be, what sort of person I wanted to be in 2023. Um, and, yeah, it was really nice. And honestly, to be fair, the results didn't look terrible over the summer, aside from Aussie Open. Um, but I felt like I was just beating my head against the wall. Um, I was working hard on certain things, my mental game for one, um, my putting. That's always something we got to work on. Um, but I just felt like I was hit beating my head against the wall. Um, so it was really nice to come out. Um, first event, honestly, my expectations for the trade were really low, which probably helped me. Um, but it was really nice to come back um, and start the year off with not only a win, but just some solid statistics, you know, hitting the fairway, hitting the green um, and, you know, one putting every now and then is obviously helped. So um, yeah, it's been really nice. I've got some momentum going now um, just in, in my confidence and competence within my game too. So um, yeah, I'm not so much hitting my head against the wall now, but um, yeah, hopefully keep that going. <laughs> it's an interesting point you raise about your stats. So I wonder what for you is a better indicator of where your game is at. Is it where you finish at the end of four rounds from a leaderboard perspective, or is it when you're looking at key things like, you know, greens in reg, fairways hit, number of putts? Is that more of an indicator for you? So you could have, you know, a great week stats wise, and, you know, there could just be nine or 10 people that play out of their skins better than you over the course of the week. And it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world if you're looking at numbers that tell you, like, I'm, I'm where I need to be. Yeah. Yeah. So my um, statistics and what we look at, I'm very simple. Um, I just look at, you know, fairways, greens and parts in reg. Um, and if I, if I can get my fairways as close to 10 out of 14, my greens 14 out of 18 and parts 28, um, it's, I'm, I'm happy, you know, um, Rosebud was a really good example of that. My stats um, at Rosebud were like 90% perfect. You know, like I was hitting so many greens, my putts were almost there and my fairways that are there. Um, but, you know, I came 16th with 15 under. So that's just, it's a prime example. At Trobe, my stats weren't there, but I won. So it's, I'm, and this goes back to me being able to move on really quickly. My sole focus for a week is being able to achieve those stats as best as I can. Um, and I just have to trust that the result comes with that. So that makes my job a lot easier in the sense that it helps me not ride the roller coaster um, because it is very easy to do that out here. Um, but yeah, it just kind of keeps me stable. And if I'm doing that and I know what to work on, then yeah, going week to week is a lot easier than being up and then being down and being up and being down. So yeah. Well, I was just going to say, like, how do you deal? How do you deal with that? Obviously, because of you know, you go out and you don't play your best golf in you, in your own words, there, or your stats weren't there, and you go out and have a win, and then you play really well and hit all your stats that you you really want to, and you finish outside the top ten. Like, it must be challenging at times to kind of deal with that mentally. 
Oh, a hundred percent. This, um, when I played Rosebud, I literally called my coach after what my third round, I was nine under after three rounds and coming 32nd. <laughs> I called him. I I feel so helpless. I'm literally doing every, everything I can, you know, a couple of parts aren't dropping, but like I'm hitting 15 greens. Like I'm hitting every fairway. Like I'm having 31 parts and I'm coming 32nd and you know what, just, keep doing what you're doing. There's going to be weeks where you, and there's going to be weeks where you feel like you were super average and you win, you know? So just on uh, the, the the performance at LPJQ school, you know, best part of 300 episodes that we've done on this podcast, we're littered with stories around Q schools and we probably don't need to go through it shop for shop with you. I'm just curious what's different now about Cassie Porter than the Cassie Porter who showed up at the start of Q school, what changed in you and how will that benefit you moving forward? Um, so I, at the start of Q school, I had the whole year to build up to that moment, you know, that week. And I very much, which is very much healthy, but I was like, you know, this week could really change. Now I guess I'm just more focused on my stats, just doing what I can do, um, not worrying about, you know, everyone else in the field. Honestly, I can take my own advice because I don't always take it. But, um, yeah, I was kind of more centred in the way that, you know, I, I can only do what I can do. You can't really help what goes around you, how strong wind's blowing, if it's raining, if it's cold, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you just got to deal with the elements, deal with how you're feeling, everyday feeling amazing. Um, you know, there's going to be days that you wake up feeling like absolute rubbish, but you still get up and go to work. So, um, yeah, I think I'm more, I guess, accepting of it is what it is. Um, and you just got to deal with it. Yeah. And so with that in mind, I mean, obviously there's still a fair bit to go this summer here in Australia, but that is still the ultimate goal, right? So what is the path from here to the LPGA for you? Like I'm sure you've somewhat plotted it out in your head. What What's the... What's the plan in terms of the pathway to get you where, to where you want to be? Okay, so I um, have status on the Epson Tour this year. So I'll be over in the States um, quite a bit playing in the Epson events as I can. Um, so the plan is to, um, well, the goal is to place in the top 10 on the Auto Merit on the Epson Tour, which then guarantees my card for next year on the LPGA. So following the steps of Grace Kim, she did it that way um, last year. And yeah, I, I just want to, obviously I want to be on the LPGA as quick as I can. And that's kind of the path I'm going to take this year. But, you know, if that doesn't work, we'll find another way. It's going to, we'll be there eventually. We just got to get there. So um, yeah, I'll be at my best, my best red hot cracker and Epson tour this year. So You'll find me there. <laughs> Outstanding. Now, I've got one more for you because we are, you're, we're keeping you up. You're down in Victoria. We're also battling, I think, the internet triangulate of Queensland, Western Australia, and regional Victoria. So, a few connectivity issues, but it would be remiss of yeah. us uh, not to ask you. And I should have asked, to be fair, when we're talking about the win. Um, do you have a handle on what the clubhouse at Bridgian Springs was like? That Sunday afternoon, when uh, when when you broke through for the maiden victory, was there a FaceTime? Was there a phone call? Did you shout the bar? Because I imagine it would have been it would have been quite lively up at the clubhouse at Bridgian Springs. 
Yeah. Oh God, I hope so. Um, I just got a FaceTime my coach. Um, he just rocked up at my house. Mum and dad weren't expecting him. He just rocked up. All I saw was him being just knocking on the door, being like, "I'm here to celebrate. I don't care what you're doing. We got everything. We're celebrating." So, um, yeah, that was kind of. I'm pretty sure that was kind of pretty mutual around the estate. So, yeah, pretty excited to go home. Won't be home for a while, but pretty excited to go home and sit with everybody. So, yeah. Outstanding. I wouldn't expect anything less from the members up there at Bridging Springs. Look, Cassie, it's yeah. been uh, it's been a pleasure. Me- we always enjoy catching up with with you. Obviously, hopefully, um, we won't leave it um, the best part of another eleven months uh, until the next time. But you know, it was great to see you break through for that first win. Thoroughly deserved after you know a mountain of hard work. And hopefully, we see you lift the trophy you know at least a few more times before the end of the Australian summer and and kick on through that uh, that pathway to the some as you say. As I think it's a it's a big future ahead. We know that's where you belong overseas, so we certainly look forward to to tracking that journey to seeing you playing over in uh, over in the states. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Can't wait to chat in less than eleven months. <laughs> <laughs>